There's lots of ways to be as a person. And some people express their deep appreciation in, in, in different ways. But one of the ways that I believe people express their appreciation to, to the rest of humanity is to make something wonderful and put it out there. And you never, you never meet the people, you never shake their hands, you never hear their story or tell yours, but somehow in the act of making something with a great deal of care and love, something's transmitted there. And it's a way of expressing to the rest of our species our deep appreciation. So we need to be true to who we are and remember what's really important to us. That's what's gonna keep Apple, Apple, is if we keep us, us. Wow, what an incredible, I don't know what you call it, a speech or. It, it's so interesting because when I hear his words, it, it kind of puts this whole arc of life and I'm kind of, I'm getting choked up, which is kind of, it may sound silly to people out there, but it puts the whole, this whole arc of life into perspective, beginning, middle to end. And it, no matter what your passion is, it puts everything in perspective. It, it makes you feel comfortable taking that leap, diving into the deeper end of that pool and, and really treading water for the first time. If you, if you had any hesitancy, this, this quote kind of says it all to me. It's really, really just, it's broader than do what you love. It's again, make something wonderful and you, you never know what kind of positive ripple effects that's going to have. And hearing this, it's no understatement, really, really changed my life. Younger, just getting out of college and things like that. It's, it's really challenging Obviously, I went into business. Business marketing is my passion. But you're expected to, at a very young age, decide, you know, the classic thing, what do you want to do with your life? And it's it's really hard to singularly define that, define this is, I'm going to pick one thing and I'm going to shoot for it and that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Things change. People change. You gain experiences. You gain new ideas, new perspectives um, that that put you on, on different paths to success, hopefully. Right. And that's what we all hope for at the end of the day is is our version of success. But this to me says, whatever it is that you do, do it for the right reasons. Do it with hopes that you'll make a positive impact. And at the end of the day, you'll know in your heart that you did the right thing. And that to me, that to me encapsulates the, the meaning of life for me. It's not it's it's not having all this money or, you know, Steve had a funny quote about, you know, it's not about being the richest guy in the graveyard or, you know, the having the most friends on Facebook, whatever that may be. It's 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 really about having a positive impact. And there's so many different ways that you can do that, whether you're, you know, an artist, a podcaster, a musician, whatever it is, you know, get up off your seat and do it. And this, this really puts that fire in me. And 
in, in a really, really emotional way. It's a, it's an existential feeling that I get from this. Well, hello and welcome everyone to A Little Perspective Podcast with Will Sigmund. Today I am joined by uh, my now very good buddy, uh, Brahm Shank. And Brahm is a man of many talents and many trades, but I think one of the ways that he and I connect is through our personalities and our perspectives on the world and life and, you know, that kind of thing. So and our deep well, love for technology. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you for joining me today, Brahm. Um, I'm glad to have you. Thank you for your time. And I'd like to dive in to some deep humanistic philosophical uh, ideas and concepts as we Those so are my often like kind of to con- do. conversations well definitely, definitely. <laughs> that's that's why thank you so much for having me on you know when, when i heard that you were starting the, this podcast i was so incredibly excited um to see you back in the podcasting world and and i just i just love hearing from you and and your ideas you're always in, enlightening to hear from you know I, when i bounce ideas off of will it's so extraordinary the conclusions that that Will draws up in his head that I that I think to myself, you know, I've never thought about that before, and maybe you know it's something that I integrate into my workflow that's now changed the thing entirely. Maybe it's something completely time saving, or it's this new, you know, tool I never thought of using. Whatever it may be, Will always seems to have all the answers, and it's it's so cool that you're doing this uh, in a podcasting format once again, so that people can hear from you. I appreciate that, man. I really do. And, you know, I was able to, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I have had a couple podcasts before. My main one being uh, my Apple-centric podcast slice that I did with a couple of my old Apple retail buddies. And we had a great time doing that. But, you know, this is aimed at being a little bit more evergreen and not as like weekly. Uh, So I hope that those types of things that you enjoy hearing from me are still able to be drawn from this style of podcast. But yeah, I I very much appreciate that. So why don't we start with a little bit about how we know each other and also, also, you know, just a little bit about your background and some of the things that you do, like your, you know, your daily life, your, your uh, hobbies and things are also like your professional life. Well, it's interesting. I think, the first time I heard of uh, a Will Sigmund uh, was in a nine to five Mac article and they were writing about one of the betas. I believe it was iOS 13. And they said, Hey, you know, this random guy on, on Reddit, he found this feature where, you know, FaceTime will track your pupils in real time to kind of mitigate those issues where, you know, maybe you're holding an iPad and landscape and it looks like you're not really looking at the camera. Uh, things like that, because the camera is not centered or it's misaligned or whatever it may be. It's this feature that tracks your eyes very creepily, I might add. They keep putting it back in and then removing it in subsequent betas. Um, but you had found that feature and you were highlighting it on Reddit. And I thought, well, cool. Someone that, someone to add to my my Twitter Rolodex, Will Sigmund. And I started listening to your podcasts, um, your videos. And I, I just thought, I, I love that you're, you're always bringing new, new and innovative ideas to the table. It, I, I think you're one of those people that it, it's worth hearing from. <laughs> I like having you on my timeline. Thanks. And I try to be a smorgasbord of 
of information, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that there's, you know, I know I'm sounding like, you know, I think, you know, Will's my biggest hero, but it's really true because I look up to you in, in many in many respects because your whole you've dedicated your whole life, your whole being to culminating these ideas, this knowledge, and this humanistic approach that you have to disseminating that knowledge, to sharing that knowledge. It's it's your passion and your generosity is 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 always on display. Uh, I know you, you had a previous episode with Mike Rundle, and you were talking about you know Will's the guy that's always thinking, oh, I know who would love this. I just learned something new. I can't wait to share it with so-and-so. Will always knows the guy, the person, the feature, the tool, that piece of software. You kind of go back to it's you're I always feel inspired and motivated every time I speak with you. And I feel like I'm learning something new every day. And those are kind of the when they say you, you know, you become those who you surround yourself with, it's very true. So it it's it's always fresh with Will Sigmund here. <laughs> oh, that's that's really kind. Uh, guys, I promise I didn't pay him to say any of that, uh, <laughs> nor did I know what he was going to say, but that is very kind. I I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'll be yeah. waiting on my Venmo later. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, our relationship kind of evolved a little bit when uh, we interacted a little bit more here and there on Twitter, and then I was invited to come on a couple of episodes of, of one of the uh, things that you do for income, which is work for Appleosophy Media. Yeah, so um, I work for Appleosophy Media. It's now since been rebranded as Red Fruit Media, um, and I'm I'm the host of a podcast called Appleosophy Weekly, and we call it We Unwrap the Tech of Today. So we talk about the latest tech news, chiefly Apple, um, but it's a really healthy discussion about the competition between Apple and its competitors. Uh, I don't know if you'd consider Intel a competitor, but we do talk about them. Um, slight burn in there. <laughs> but yeah, we do tech, we talk technology just week to week, stay up to date on the latest news, software updates. And, and what's really cool about my show is it's, it's not so much about the news. We go over the news briefly, I would say, but it's more about having these influential personalities on the show to talk about how they're using the products. We want something valuable for viewers to, to, to tune into every week. And so I'm really interested in having those creators, the audiovisual guys, the graphic designers, fellow podcasters to really talk about how they're utilizing some of these products, you know, whether it be Mac or PC or something else, you know, I get in, in a very, huh, in a very Tim Cook way, I get emails from people um, about my podcasts and people, have, I've had students come to me and say, you know, because I watched your podcast, I feel confident knowing I bought the right computer that's going to get me through college. And when I hear that, I, I know I'm doing something right. Um, those are those kind of those are the things that motivate me to push even harder and make the show better and better. Um, some of the other things I've heard is, uh, you know, I listened to your show. You know, I heard this this stories about how this Apple Watch saved someone's life when they fell or. It alerted them when they were about to have a heart attack. And uh, I actually bought an Apple Watch for my grandfather. And and now I feel better about my grandfather being on his own because I bought him an Apple Watch. And it's little things like that. Again, we go back to positive ripple effects. You never know what you're going to do when you put your own content out there. You never know what impact, what kind of impact it's going to have. 
And I think the two most important things is, you know, you have to go into it with the right intentions. You have to be positive intentions. You want to make sure that what you're putting out there is of value, um, that it's informative and that it's inspiring. And number two, I think you really have to pay close attention to who you give voice to, who are you giving this platform to? Because everybody has different, you know, motivating factors, different intentions. I know a couple of weeks back, we were supposed to have a, a guest on the show, kind of controversial guy in the leak, the leaking sphere as far as Apple rumors. And, 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 you know, we, we vetted him pretty hard. He's like, again, a very controversial guy. And, you know, we realized that, that, uh, his intentions weren't there. They didn't align with ours. They weren't positive. He wasn't interested in resolving anything. And so we've we've made some some close calls and and it's it's really about learning. And we're so incredibly fortunate that everybody has has remained so um, so patient with us as we continue to learn. And that goes for anything. You you when the the moment you stop learning, the moment that's the moment you stop growing. I think you've heard that before. You, you really have to open yourself to new ideas. But again, really important. You have to think very carefully about who you're giving voice to. What voices do you elevate? And, and, and hopefully, most of the time, it's the positive ones. Yeah, that's, that's very important. You're right. Uh, to keep those things in mind, for sure. As we did that show together, and we did another one uh, after that, a couple weeks after that, uh, I think you and I just started to... Uh, personally become a little bit better friends yeah um and you know you're on the west coast i'm on the east coast we never met in person but you know we, we're getting to where we we chat about different things about life and you know i know that uh there are other things that that you do outside of red fruit that i have personally found to be very interesting and one of the reasons i wanted to to have you on here is um your experience with like Toastmasters and also um, your experience in entrepreneurship, especially at a younger age that you are, all things considered, and the ability to kind of put yourself out there and go out on a whim and building, you know, your brand, your business and things like that. But can you speak a little bit about how that philosophy bleeds over into the other parts of your personal and professional life? Definitely. And, and I, and I've, I've thought quite a bit about this because there's constantly, I have all these ideas that race through my head. I'm really, I'm really, you know, ADHD about everything. You know, I can't say stay still for too long, but if I were to, to narrow things down, I think I think it comes down to to these two things, and I would say I'm going to begin with um, my my mother. She's been she's been quite a, a driving force in my life. Uh, she's she's probably the person that I respect and admire the most in in my life, and the two most valuable things she told me uh, at a very young age was number one. Uh, don't try so hard to fit in when you were born to stand out. And number two, she said, I will always be proud of you knowing that you did your best. I don't care if things don't quite come out the way you wanted them. I don't care if you get, you know, a bad grade on a test or if you, you know, fail at this or whatever. She always said, I'll be proud of you, truly, genuinely proud of you, knowing that you did your best. 
And what I quickly discovered is my, my best is pretty high. I got, I did, I got straight A's in high school, never failed at anything, you know, did the whole dual enrollment, going to college during high school and doing things. So I, you know, I always shot very high and it, and it's because those things that she told me really took the pressure off of wanting to be perfect. You know, when you're, when you're this guy that really struggles with ADD and you got all these things running through your mind all the time there's a pressure on your, on that you put on yourself to, to want to be perfect, to, you're always worrying about, I used to play sticky notes. I still do. I play sticky notes all over the house to make sure I wouldn't forget things. It's, it's really, you know, you're, you feel like you're living in disarray because the thing that drives your body, your thoughts is always, you're just, it's kind of like that, um, that SpongeBob episode where he's running around and all the papers are falling on him. <laughs> kind of like the, the hamster wheel in the brain there. But you know, it's very true. I think those are the two most important driving factors in my life um, is be comfortable with failure. Uh, always do the best that you can. And if you miss the mark, you learn something that's valuable. The whole idea of, you know, don't try so hard to fit in when you were bored and stand out. It's funny. I was I was on a walk the other day and I was listening to the Apple has this feature on the watch. It's called Time to Walk. Um, and they had a, a segment there with Anderson Cooper and they asked him, they were talking to him about, you know, what was, you know, what made you who you are, what shaped your personality? And he says, you know, when I was growing up, there, there was no, there, there was no little kid table and grownups table. I was always expected to be with the grownups and converse with these, you know, these, these influential figures, you know, his dad had all these people coming through the house and things like that. Celebrities. And, and his mom uh, is, is, or I'm sorry, I think she passed away, but um, yeah. uh, she was also a celebrity in her own right. Exactly. And so, and, and when I heard that, I, that really, that really resonated with me because I thought, wow, that that's how I've been raised. I've always gravitated towards, towards everything opposite. I've always gravitated towards people that are older than me, the opposite sex. I enjoy speaking with women more than I do men things like that. So it's, it's no, but it's really one of those things where I think it's because I look up to my mom, I feel more comfortable talking to the opposite sex. She's my best friend. I feel more comfortable talking to people that are older than me. I find that people who are older than me have values that align more closely with mine compared to people that are younger uh, or at the same age. So it's, it's really these, these things early on that shape you. And I was taught at a very young age, the importance of learning how to effectively articulate yourself, your thoughts, because it's great to be a sponge. You can sit around and absorb knowledge all day. But if you don't have the ability to articulate the the thoughts and the knowledge that you accumulate, you're, you're kind of at a dead end. You're, either, you're, you're never going to put a dent in the universe. You're never going to innovate. You're never going to create anything effectively if you can't communicate. And so it, it all really starts with communication. And, and that was that was one of the, the motivating factors for me to to join Toastmasters. And for those that aren't familiar with Toastmasters, it's it's basically a nonprofit, it's an international organization um, centered around uh, public speaking, learning how to speak in front of people and becoming really comfortable with that. And and one of the things my mom told me, she says, you know, you, you innately, I think you 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 have a knack for communicating, communicating with people, um, you should really check out this Toastmasters thing because it helps you speak more effectively, speak with purpose, learn different techniques, uh, different things like that. And it really sharpens your skills. 
And so I joined Toastmasters and in Toastmasters, when you start off, you, you have to, you, you have to be really true with yourself because there's an ex- educational plan that you have to stick to in Toastmasters and you have to give so many speeches and you move up in levels. Eventually you become distinguished. They call it a distinguished Toastmaster. Um, one of the things you have to be really true to yourself about is, is choosing this path. It has to really align with you and your values, who you are. Everybody said, Brom, you got to pick the one. It's called the visionary communicator. And I kept thinking, well, you know, I'd love to be a visionary, but what's so visionary about me? You know, people don't use that term lightly. And I thought to myself, well, you know, what being true to myself, could I call myself a visionary? And I thought, you know, this guy that, that always feels like there's so much going through his mind at once and you really have to pick one idea and latch onto it. It's, it's not so much that because the way, the way I see my mind is kind of like I'm playing this weird version of, of Frogger in my head. And the goal isn't really to avoid the cars. It's, it's to, to try to jump into one and each car is an idea. And I have, I believe this unique ability to really take a long, hard look at that road in what is realistically a short amount of time and really see what is the brightest, shiniest, speediest car and jump right into that vehicle. And that's, that's the visionary communicator. That's the, that is the the token as far as being a visionary is vetting ideas, vetting principles, technologies, whatever it may be. And, and applying those in a way that, that nobody else has ever thought possible, you know, throughout my, my career, even early on, I grasped everything growing up, internships, you know, whatever it may be. I, I worked early on with things like app development, podcasting, lots of things that I'm doing today are skills that I had to sharpen growing up. One of the, one of the things I tell people, and I've said this on other podcasts before, is, you, you know, I had my multi-million dollar mistake. To put it in short terms, I was developing an app. It was going to be a, a news app specifically for tech news. And I developed this this mechanism for multi-touch where you could place your thumb at the bottom of the screen and then sort of flick to different menu options. Well, we didn't want to ship it half-baked. Unfortunately, I I wasn't the one that made the calls. I couldn't push I I didn't have control over who pushed the red button. I advised, you know, the people that that did have uh, control that, hey, this app isn't ready, we shouldn't launch it yet. We got a good thing going here, good, innovative new app. Let's make sure that it's ready to go. Let's not ship something half-baked. And they did it anyway because they were so excited and it was so new and so interesting. And it, it didn't work effectively. Uh, my mechanism worked, but other aspects of it weren't integrated properly. And and sort of what happened was, is long story short, okay, this app runs into the ground. Less than a year later, Amazon Music integrates the same mechanism into their app. And I'm now, you know, rewind and thinking, I think I rewind and I think to myself, if this had been done correctly, if I had registered, you know, if I had registered uh, trademarks for this stuff, you know, where, where would this idea have gone? It's, it's, it's disconcerting in a way, but it's also goes back to this whole principle we have of learning from failure. You know, this is stuff that I was doing when I was 15 years old. Uh, you know, fast forward to now I have my own podcast. I'm not just guest starring on things or co-hosting things. I have my own podcast. Uh, I just, during the pandemic, I, you know, I was so done with sitting on my butt all day. I said, 
I need to start a business. I need to finally fulfill my dream of being an entrepreneur. And what better for me than a marketing consultancy? This is something I've dreamt of for forever. And the pandemic for me was interesting because it gave me that final nudge to say, hey, you know, I'm done sitting around. I want to be my own boss and I want to have something that's fulfilling. And I want to start it now while I have the time, while I have the resources. And so I started my own marketing consultancy. Um, It's still in its early stages. Uh, Everything's pending from the county assessor right now, waiting for the papers to go through. But we've already been beta testing the services. Um, People are thrilled with the work that we're producing. Uh, We have digital media marketing services, the whole works, just anything from social media to web development, click funnels, again, the whole works. And, And people are thrilled with it. But the point is, you have to do something, you know, whether you want to become an entrepreneur or whatever it is, I believe you have to do something that's fulfilling and something that aligns with your values. You know, when I see that aha moment with a client where, you know, they've, they're now able to run their business. They now have the time to take their business to the next level, put in their 100% as CEO because I'm busy driving the business for them. I'm busy working at all those logistics and the SEO and all the marketing tools. They can put their 100% into their secret sauce, their competitive advantage. They can put their full DNA into the business. It takes this weight off their shoulders. And when I, you know, you hear this all the time, you hear, you know, my success is your success, but that's, for me, that's really the case. It's incredibly fulfilling. And I think when it, to me in my heart, it's, it's the most noble thing I can do is to help people achieve their dreams of where they want to go with their business. I, I tell people, sort of my elevator pitch for my marketing consultancy is it's like I'm your own personal chauffeur and I'm driving the car so that you can sit in the back seat, make it on time to your meeting. Meanwhile, you're in the back seat working on your laptop, putting all your work into the business. I'm freeing up time in your day, you know, to and fro so that you can really work at the business, put your 100 in there. It's, it's just so incredibly fulfilling to, to, to have these visions materialized for people because I believe marketing really transcends everything else when, when you tell people why you do it. Um, and I'm sure will, you've heard of the, um, popular book by Simon Sinek. It's called start with why. And he, he's a visionary communicator. He's, he's a, a motivational speaker. And he talks about the idea uh, of this, of this golden circle and it starts from the inside out and it goes why how what and starting from the inside out with why really aligns with our limbic system the way we make decisions with our limbic system really starts with the why and how and and me and you actually revisited this idea we were speaking on the phone a couple days ago and it's so true it's not hard to sell someone on something when you tell them why you're doing it and if why you're doing it actually is actually genuine, actually starts with a genuine, genuine principles of why you want others to succeed or what you want for them and what that's going to do for you, whatever, whatever it may be. It's the whole idea of starting with why is, is one of the most important things uh, that, that's, that's driven my life is whatever you do throughout your day, hope you're making good, good use of your time. But more importantly, why are you doing it? 
You're never going to be able to put your full 100% into anything if you don't believe in why you're doing it. And the fact that I can develop this business solely based on the why, why I do this is I want to see other people succeed. I want people to have time in their day to actually run the business and not mess with the marketing mumbo jumbo. I want people to feel understood. I want their brands, what's special about that brand to be communicated. And the only way that can be maintained, that secret sauce that the business can be maintained is if that CEO or whoever has 100% of their time to, to throw into the business, their DNA. It, there's To me, there's nothing more noble than that. Yeah, I totally love Simon Sinek in the Golden Circle. Um, excited that you had heard about that the other night when I brought it up. I'm I'm always eager to to share that notion with new people. I actually uh, believe that I'm trying to remember. There's always there's two videos that I always think of that made a big impact on me, and one is um, Simon drawing that circle and. It's a TED Talk. It's a great video. Yeah. It's a good explanation in about 15 minutes. And the other one is uh, a Malcolm Gladwell video that I mentioned in uh, the episode with Christian uh, Selig. And he, I, th- I think he was going to go watch it after. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, two very uh, smart guys and guys who, quote, get it. One thing I, I, I think that draws me to Simon is literally quite literally that he does put himself out there in a humanistic way, if you will. And so therefore I identify with that. And that's, it's the very notion of the thing that he preaches about is why I like him, which is, you know, cool in and of itself. So I, I love that. I love that that is your approach and you have the ability to exercise those beliefs and their principles and what you're doing day to day. So, you know, kind of getting back to what Steve had quoted at the beginning of the episode is, you know, be tr- I, I kind of jotted down a couple of things. Be true to who you are. Put something out there with love and care and make something wonderful. And it really alludes to what you were saying earlier is you never know what you're creating you never know what the reach is going to be or who it's going to reach and i think what's important in in that statement that he made is for us to internalize do you know be really truly be true to yourself but when you do that and you are genuine about it like you're saying and like you say, your clients are drawn to you because you have that uh, genuineness is they will be, you will attract the right people. Or maybe if you don't, you know, if you affect a hundred people, 10% versus one person, a hundred percent, you know, it's more worth it for that one person than it would be to reach a thousand, right? As long as, that impact is is so great to them and so i think that's kind of what he was alluding to and i think that's what you know you look to do um you are bringing on new clients or you know things that you're trying to do through um your marketing and and keeping it you know humanistic and humanistic is 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 really the word there you know when you're when you're starting your business 
you know, for my fellow entrepreneurs out there, one of the first things that, that you should do uh, is your business plan. And part of that is you, you really have to conduct a thorough market analysis of what's already out there, what your competitors are, are offering. And then you really have to look internally and say, well, well what's going to be my competitive advantage? What makes my business valuable? And when I got to this portion of the business plan, I realized that my secret sauce, the thing that sets me apart is, to define it broadly, that I do start with why. When I get a new client on, the first thing I, I ask them is not, what is your business's mission statement? I ask them, why do you do it? Just tell me personally, why do you do what you do? You know, one of my clients, he's a life coach and he helps people, you know, achieve their dreams, whether it be, you know, getting past a, a mental block, uh, uh, something physically, and maybe it's improving their health, different things. But he told me, you know, I beat type two diabetes. I did it for myself. And to have that weight off my shoulder, I want to see other people feel that. And that's what I want to do. And that really says it all. That tells me why do you do it? That's that's what sets your business apart is because your heart is a thousand percent into this. He lost his brother to type two diabetes. Oh wow. And he said, That's not gonna be me. I'm not gonna repeat this. I'm not gonna be the same story. So my secret sauce, what sets me apart is I do wanna sit down sit in on the meetings. I wanna know why you do it. And when we talk about designing content for your website or whatever it may be. I have a whole design team set up and ready to go to create content organically. This isn't, you know, some automated, you know, Hootsuite, Canva, all that nonsense. It really is diving deep into the business, understanding why you do what you do. And, and really, what are the driving principles? What makes you better than your competitors? And you you can really transcend the these these, these barriers that people often experience in marketing. Uh, just as far as reach, when you really create something unique, when it's something different than what you see every day, that's when you start to transcend all these marketing challenges. It sounds like in a way, and whether intentional or not, and I think the, it is intentional, you're vetting your clients just as much as they're vetting you to see if they if what they're doing aligns with what you believe to see if, if it's going to be someone who you quote click with, because I think the, the more that you align with who you're working for, the more impactful product or products uh, you can create for them because it allows you to go in on a, I mean, a way deeper level than the surface for, instead of them saying, oh, I really like blue and green and I want those to be in my logo, you know, hey, this this person uh, feels this way about their business, so this is going to be their logo uh, shape or I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. Well, let me tell you this. Honestly, I cannot do work for a company at 100% capacity, at full force. I cannot operate at full force for a business if I don't believe in what they do, what they offer, what they produce. I have to live and breathe them. And, and, you know, I I work with realtors all the time. It's a perfect example. I'll ask one guy, why are you you in, in, 
uh, why are you a real estate agent? Why do you sell houses? And he said, because it makes me money. And I like money. And it was the easiest thing to do. I didn't want to go to college. Okay. There's one guy. The other guy says, I like to see people find a home. I think it's important to have a place to call home. And I love that I'm making that possible in the easiest way possible for these families, you know, all around town. They're finding a place to call home where they can can bond and host family events and 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 regroup. Which guy sounds more genuine to you? Definitely the second guy. Exactly. And no it's question. that it's that black and white. Mm-hmm. To me, it is that black and white. Can you know, as you, as we're sitting here talking about these philosophies, and you gave the example of of one of your clients. Can you tell me about a time that you created something that you were either extra excited about, extra proud of, or extra excited to show the client because you just knew this thing, whether it you know be a website or whatever was going to be perfect for what they wanted or needed. You know, it's, it's hard to pinpoint any one point in time where I felt that way because I, I don't stop until I'm happy with something. And I know all this sounds really cliche, but it's really, it's true. You, you find, if you really analyze some of these cliches, like, you know, Steve says, be true to yourself. Okay. Well, everyone says that. But really, lean into that and be true to yourself. Who are you? What do you enjoy doing, and why do you enjoy doing it? Those are some of the start, some of the key components of staying true to yourself. And and one of those things is again, Will at a very young age, my mom told me, "Do your best. Always take initiative. Always put your best foot forward, and you can be sure that the work that you're going to produce is going to be top tier." as long as you try your best and you will make mistakes, you will fail along the way. Not everything is going to be perfect, but I can be certain that if I put my full energy into something, it's almost always 99% of the time going to be excellent. And and that's really my philosophy is anytime I, I create a graphic uh, or I write something out, any kind of marketing material, whether it's you know a brochure or an Instagram post or whatever it may be, I show it to the rest of the team. And sometimes I'll show, I'll, I'll put, you know, my heart and soul into this design. I think, oh, this is great. And I show it to, you know, five people and three of them say, this is great. And two of them say, I don't understand it. Okay. Well, if the two people that say they don't understand it are in my demographic that I'm shooting for. Obviously I've done something wrong. Yeah. I, I had the same thing happen, even getting ready for this podcast and creating a trailer and even a, a an intro description for what the yeah. show was going to be to make sure that I was accurately portraying why people should be tuning in. Yeah, you know, once again about that why. And there were I, I I'm fortunate enough to have plenty of people who are honest with me enough to give me like serious feedback and and not just say oh it's you know it's so great. Uh, but they they made me better, and they made the show trailer and and approach better. And I know it will it will have helped other people in our demographic as well, because I I went and I I took their their critiques and made some tweaks. And even though that I thought it was great the first time, ended up being way better the second time. Well, and I love that you brought that up because. 
that that I think is another fundamental aspect uh, of marketing is learning how to take and and design. I really really any any pursuit, it's very important. But particularly with marketing and digital design, you really have to learn how to accept criticism. And and accepting criticism has never been an issue for me so much as is how you let the other person know that you've that you accept this and that you value their perspective, their advice. Because it's one thing to just say, okay, okay, or thank you, or maybe I could change that. But it's another thing to say, oh, that's really cool that you mentioned that, or I could see it from that perspective. What if I changed it in this way? And you know, you, you can get really into the weeds with that. But the important thing is, to me, it's one of the most important things is leaving that avenue for communication open as far as constructive criticism goes. Be candid with other people. Be candid with those around you. Don't be afraid to let them know your thoughts. You know, p- people aren't always going to be happy with with criticism, but it's important to move society never, forward. Yeah, you're never going to improve if if you don't if you don't have an understanding of other people's perspectives or their ideas. You're never going to you're never going to sharpen that pencil. It's always going to be dull. So it's it's so incredibly important to me that people know that that avenue for communication is open with me. Because pe- because people can have an experience with you where they feel like maybe you didn't receive that criticism well, and then they'll never give you advice again on anything because they'll say, oh, that one time Brahm was upset with me when I told him he, he spoke too loud or whatever it may be. And they'll say, I'm never going to give him criticism again because he can't take it and this and that or whatever. Well, now you're blind to that person's idea. You're blind to that person's perspective or their advice that may have improved whatever you may be doing. And, and so it's, it's, I always want to hear from these people. I want to hear what they have to say. I, I don't care, you know, whether you're the biggest voice in the room, loudest voice in the room or the quietest voice in the room. I want to hear your opinion, what you have to say, because I think all voices are valuable. Your opinion, your perspective is just a reflection of your, your experience and your knowledge. And I never want to mute those people. It's, it's one of the, it is one of the most detrimental things that you can do even if you don't agree with someone's perspective to receive it poorly, to receive, to receive it poorly is one of the most detrimental things you can do. And I'm really passionate about that. I'm smiling right now because I don't think you realize what you were doing as you were saying that, but literally that is the the basis and foundation of the idea of this whole show is uh, it may not be solicited by people, um, and, and that's okay. You don't have to have something be solicited by you to learn how to make something better or yourself better. Mm-hmm. But it sometimes you don't really know what to ask. And you hear something like us having a conversation and you have your own epiphany of, oh, I do that too, or I don't do that. Maybe I should. And I think it's it's important to to listen and, and just as much as it is to to you know put yourself out there. Well, there's this quote, and it's funny because we're on the topic of Steve Jobs. We played his quote in the beginning. There's this quote where they ask Steve Jobs, you know, why is Apple so innovative? And his his quick answer is people don't know what they want until you show it to them for the first time. And that goes yeah. for tangible things, for objects. The same holds true for for intangible things. 
for ideas that you're quite literally grasping onto. If you're not enlightened to the ideas that the people around you have, um, you're, you're not going to know which direction to go next. You're not going, I want to make decisions knowing with, with the most amount of knowledge and perspective possible that I can absorb regarding this decision, regarding this choice. And, and then I can feel confident knowing that I made the right decision. There's no, there's, there's no uncertainty so, and for some, for someone that grapples with, with like the whole ADHD lifestyle, uncertainty can be, I mean, your, your, your biggest enemy. So I, it's, it's, you can always be certain that if you have this wealth of, of perspective and knowledge that you're going to make a sound decision. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to think about it before you answer it. Yeah. Because I think this is hard for people that have our kind of personality trait, mainly being uh, empathetic and also open to criticism. There are times, I believe, and I know I've experienced them, where you ask for feedback or you get lots of feedback. And the feedback might be, let's say you have 100 people giving you all kinds of different feedback. Some of that feedback might be conflicting. Some of that feedback, I mean, it might be loud in your ear that 90% of people see X thing this way and you should do it this way. My question is, given that type of situation where you've been in a position to receive a good amount of feedback on something, whether it be leaning toward one way or the other or just a bunch of different opinions, have you ever felt the need to stand your ground about a certain decision that you believed in your heart was right? I guess you kind of gave the example earlier of of the app not being ready and you, you know, uh, when you were working on the, uh, the motion to, to go from the bottom of the app on the news app that you were working on, but in your, in your new world order where you're the boss, quote unquote, uh, do you, have you experienced that? Have you experienced it often? Does it bother you? Does, is it hard for you to grasp and grapple with? What I will say, and because this comes to mind so often uh, one of my top creators that, that I that I look up to, uh, especially in the tech industry, and I'm sure you've heard of him, is Rene Ritchie. Um, and he's a fellow tech analyst. And he actually uh, spoke at length on his podcast uh, about the the process of, of vetting criticism as a, as a YouTuber. And he goes, you know, I have these people coming at me like you stated, Will, from all different directions. People that say you, you, you talk too slow or you talk too fast or you speak too abrasively, you know, whatever it may be. And he found himself uh, kind, of, kind of like a seesaw, you know, really trying to balance all this criticism left and right and constantly changing his style, changing who he was to, to sort of chase what he thought he would finally reach as the ideal pinnacle of what his channel could be just by following the comments, following the clicks. And he noticed that when he started vetting criticism effectively and saying, you know, well, I'm not going to compromise in this area because this isn't who I am. I'm not going to sacrifice my values or, you know, uh, one of them was someone told him he, sp he spoke too abrasively on a topic. 
He says, I'm not going to tamper my excitement for something just to please this one person. I'm going to be who I am. And the people that want to watch it will watch it. And he discovered that when he stopped chasing the clicks, stopped chasing the analytics, the comments, the random stuff, when he started being himself, his views grew exponentially. He was making more money than ever before. And it was one of those things where we talk about in the beginning is stay true to who you are. And that's not to say that you have to mute certain people with certain perspectives, but you really have to, to look inward at yourself and, and vet criticism ag- against your values and, the, and the, the person you want to portray. And so, you know, I haven't had mega disagreements, you know, you know, a complete antithesis on both sides as far as, you know, a particular decision or, or whatever that may be um, in, in my business as far as a design or something that maybe we disagree. And I haven't had anything like that yet, but I, I've, I've experienced a great deal of it in, in, in Toastmasters In Toastmasters, you, you really learn to, to work with different personalities. And it's, it's great because you're networking, you're getting to know people in the community that, that share a lot of the same values you do, but you, you learn to work with a, a lot of different personalities. And by that, I mean, at Toastmasters, one of the fundamental things they teach is is leadership. And so you learn the different leadership styles that people have. And I've always realized that through and through, the two things that I can fall back on are, again, I've always done my best and I've always taken initiative. I've always taken up the opportunity to tie up loose ends where I saw them. Doing those two things, if I'll say it, I'll, I'll put it nicely. If anybody ever has a problem with you, you can always fall back on the on the fact that you did those two things. You tried your best and you took initiative. Yeah. If you have a tendency to do those things, you're you're going to be successful. Most people most of the time will be pleased with you and what you're doing. Yeah. I, I think the Renee Ritchie example was was really good and a great testament to a lot of what we've discussed today as well. What is your intention going forward for what's your vision for the next five, 10 years for yourself? And how do you plan to inject these values into what you're creating and doing? Well, you know, the next 10 years from now, obviously, like any entrepreneur, I'd want to expand the business. I'd want to gain more clients and, and really start uh, getting the better picture of, of, what I want my life to look like long-term, you know, is that a family? Is that, you know, a, a partner, what, what this and that, whatever it may be. But in terms of my values, I, I'd like to, to increase my outreach for my business. I'm already working with a lot of clients remotely. 2020 has been a blessing for that because uh, a lot of people hadn't learned how to work remotely effectively and and forcing us to learn all these tools like Zoom and, and what have you, it's 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 been great for the business. So I want to extend my outreach. I'd like to have something like uh, an, an in-studio presence, a building where I can really scene set, really show off these products or these services, have a full-time photographer, a full-time graphic design team uh, on board to really really do the best that we can do. I'd love to have an office space where all we do all day is just, it's an incubator for ideas. And we, we really dream up the, 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 the 
how we do how we can do the best we can do as far as promoting these businesses, putting their message out there, again, communicating what makes them different, what sets them apart. I'd like to take everything that I'm making now and put it right back into the business. That way I can gain even more tools, whether, you know, whether that be, you know, an in-house studio, uh, a camera, a new computer, whatever it's going to take that business to the next level. I, I want to, I want to level up everything. The quality of the work that we're producing, I think is, is the most important thing. Uh, I want to grow my Rolodex as far as, as far as people that are on board, long-term employees, uh, things like that. It's, it's, it's all about increasing my reach and taking the content that I'm already producing, which I already think is good to the next level, polishing it up. What's, uh, what are some of the traits, whether we've talked about them today or not, that you hope to continue to instill in yourself and, or ultimately, you know, if you really get to be growing your business and you get to be hiring people that you're going to look for in in those people that you're bringing on? I think... Most importantly, you have to have you have to have a motivating factor. Again, you have to have a why. Why do I do it? Why do I run the business? For myself, I don't see that changing. Again, I love to see that aha moment when someone's taking their business to the next level um, that they want to reach their version of success. Seeing them reach that and knowing that I played a part in that, helping others understand their business, growing their business is is really really so fulfilling. And that's why, that's why I think this business is sustainable. I've always cared deeply about curiosity, originality, having a vision, and again, having a story for why you do what you do. I think those are, those are the fundamental aspects that that's going to, that's going to keep, it's going to keep me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And those are those are the things again, like you said, Will, you're like, you know, you you want people to mirror your passion. You want your clients to mirror that passion when you're working for them. And those are the things that I look for in clients. Mm-hmm. I I want people that that have an inquisitive nature, that with that have a craving for for new ideas, solving new problems. I want them to have a compelling story for why they do what they do. I, I want them to have a fanatical obsession with with attention to detail and and unique content and I want them to have a vision long term relentlessly shaping the materialization materialization I can't say that word of their ideas for for flexible yet far reaching content I would say mm-hmm. Do you see yourself touching all kinds of mediums with your company? Or is there I definitely a particular do. market? And, and, and again, yeah, I'm incredibly fortunate that, you know, in the early stages of my business, if there's something that I don't know how to do yet, there's someone in my Rolodex that, that, that is kind and respects me enough to show me. I'm, I've always been very confident in that. I surround myself with people that, that believe in the power of sharing knowledge and supporting each other. And that's why, you know, I always tell my friends, you ever need anything, you call me. Because I really believe there's there's experience everywhere we turn, everywhere we look, and it's so valuable. People always just it's, it's about you know wanting to get paid. Let's get paid. You mean the internships unpaid? Well, 
it's all just experience. And you can find that throughout your day, wherever you can fit it in. You know, 30 minutes that you sat down watching television is maybe 30 minutes that you could sit down and help someone help one of your buddies edit a video or whatever it may be. And, you know, it's an important to have a work-life balance, but to stay on topic, it, it's about managing your time effectively and, you know, really instilling in other people that you will come through for them and they'll come through for you. And you have to mean that with your heart or else you're else you just kind of just playing a game of checkers. I think one other last thought that I, I wanted to bring up that, I think everybody struggles with to an extent is uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one thing to say that you believe in yourself. It's another thing to believe it in your, in your mind. And there's all kinds of different approaches to imposter syndrome. Like some people say, Hey, look, uh, fake it till you make it. Some people you know, just however you want to approach it, you can you can overcome that. Um, is that something that you find yourself grappling with? And what do you do to mitigate that feeling with yourself? That's a hard question. Let me think about it for a second. <laughs> My biggest fear is missing the mark. And I don't ever want to feel like I missed the mark. I, I think for me, it's it's not so much imposter syndrome. It's not so much that that lights up in my mind, that phrase. It's really uh, some of the symptoms of it. And again, I, I attribute a lot of that to to just being, you know, ADHD all the time. I've been diagnosed, so I know um, it's, it's a lot of, I do struggle from a lot of anxiety, uh, stress, uh, not depression, but just this, the, a lot of, a lot of rumination <laughs> regarding, uh, the things, the things I do, the choices I make. Again, my biggest enemy, and, I, and I've written full length speeches on this. My biggest enemy is uncertainty, but it's also the hardest thing for me to want to have a plan because I feel like if you have a plan, you're you're limiting the scope of what you you can do. For me, the plan is always changing. I have I have a, I have a, a general goal of what I'd like to achieve, what I'd like to do, and the things that are important to me. And, and those are the driving forces for a much broader vision, not a goal, a vision. There's, I do have some insecurity there to, to, to be completely naked with you right now, can be to be completely vulnerable with you right now. I have these, I do have these, um, these thoughts of, you know, am I doing enough? Do I deserve praise when someone says something positive about me? This, a certain level of, of anxiety and stress, uh, you know, surrounding, you know, when someone compliments me, you know, it does that sometimes ring hollow. Yes. The answer is yes. And it's because I've, I've spent a great deal of, of my life doubting myself. And, and a lot of that really starts with it, not so much the imposter syndrome, but I call it the, the son syndrome, <laughs> you know, uh, just being a son, you, you, I know, I'm sure anyone, a daughter or a son out there, knows this feeling of, of wanting to make your parents proud of you. And as you get older, you realize, I realized, Hey, my really, my mother really did mean those words of, I'm always going to be proud of you. If you do the best you can do, she really means those words. And it's really shown through, through everything that she means that. And so then it became an internal struggle. It wasn't so much 
doing everything to impress or or gain the the acceptance of my parents because they've always accepted me. They've always been there for me, even when I do fall on my feet, uh, and and they've supported me. So it becomes this internal struggle of you know you're never going to beat this feeling of uncertainty until you can stand on your own two feet and and really with certainty look inward at yourself and say i've done the right thing and you can't you can't you can never say oh i made the right decision because for every one yes you know there's a thousand no's you know we've heard that before but i think at the end of the day as long as i've gone into everything with the best intentions to be positive to make sure that i'm that that I'm me, you know, that I, that I'm putting myself out there and, and really thinking carefully about what the ripple effects of what I'm doing, what I'm producing, what I'm saying is going to have. If I go into this with the right intentions of wanting to ignite that light within other people through everything that I do to inspire someone, to motivate someone, to really put things out there that I am sincerely proud of, to take initiative, to really sincerely put my best foot forward, then I really physically can't ask more of myself. And so then at that point, then I know because I've done the best that I can do, I've done the rightest thing I can do, the right thing. And and, and that's what I've really learned just within the last few years, Will, to be quite honest with you. That's really how, how you, you defeat the monster, the monster inside your head that's really telling you that you don't deserve all this, that you're not doing the right thing or whatever it may be. We love to come down on ourselves, but if we really, if we can really take note of things, I, you know what I do? I take note of, of, of things that people have told me. Mm-hmm, me and I think to myself, you know, all oh, that one time that, that Will said, you know, I made his day because of A, B, and C or whatever it may be. If I can look back at that, look inward, look internally and say, wow, with with sincerity, I really did make Will's day that day by just sharing something with him or whatever it may be. There's, if I can look at that and know that there's sincerity in that, I'm doing the right thing. I'm moving along in life and doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's very important that we... Tell people in our personal lives, just as much as professional, the feedback that we feel. And there is a uh, there's a grid, and I don't think I don't think I talked about it on the first episode, but I may have. But um, there is a grid, and it's the feedback grid. It's a, a quadrant, and so it's got uh, you know crosshair style grid, and there is a uh, specific side and a general side mm-hmm. and then a negative and a positive. Have you heard of this before? I've heard of that. And I've heard in, in Toastmasters more frequently, we use uh, just the classic sandwich method of, you know, here's some nice tasty bread. Here's the meat and potatoes of what you need to work on. And then we're going to close the sandwich off with another piece of nice, positive so, bread. Right. Uh, Kind of, kind of. It's even more fundamental than that, though. It's more about what those meat and potatoes are and uh, what the grid and the quadrant does. And this is something that I always try to think about. Um, 
when I'm when I'm telling someone something is you have uh, negative specific, negative general, positive specific, positive general. And negative specific would be, or sorry, I'll start with the general. Negative general would be like, man, that was a terrible job on your speech. It doesn't, it doesn't have any constructiveness about it. And it makes the other person just feel bad without, without any kind of, uh, help. And then you have negative specific, uh, where I can say, you know, I, I enjoyed your speech. I, I do think that you, you know, you went over a little bit of time and maybe next time, uh, you can spend more time engaging with the audience as opposed to, you know, talking for an extra 10 minutes and you might get some, some, you know, better engagement. So that's that. And then you have positive general, which is, Hey, great job. It makes them feel good, but it doesn't know. It doesn't let the person know what to repeat. And then exactly, what, it's not substance. Exactly, uh, and so when you just said what you said about writing things down, that's an example of like positive, specific feedback, and that's the best kind of feedback because uh, it not only makes a person feel good, but it also uh, lets them know what they did to not only make you feel good, but potentially replicate that with someone else in the future. And and that's really important, Will, is in with, with people like you, you know, talking to you day in and day out, you're someone that I feel comfortable with. We can talk to each other openly and be really candid about criticism and things like that. But I think when you meet someone new, it, it's really important to to let them know that you see the value in criticism. Mm-hmm. And the value in uh yeah, you know, once you get to know them a little bit, the value of what they think, and sometimes letting them know how you best receive criticism is, you know, if you if you have that rapport with someone. Exactly. Are there are there any things that you specifically do, and if the answer is no, that's okay to help yourself. You mentioned you've gotten better about it, and you know, as your life has gone on, are there specific things that you do to help? fight those monsters in your head that make you less vulnerable, I should say, to, or less, sorry, not the right word, less susceptible to those monsters as you used to be or as you will continue to grow and, you know, try to be even less? Well, again, it's it's really an internal struggle. And I like to, I always tell people this, and this applies to quite literally everything, I'm learning and I'm still learning and I'll always be learning. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. It's a, it's a skill you have to sharpen. You're not born with it. You have to, one of the ways that I deal with it is, is I have, I have outlets. Some of them are physical. I, I like to run. Uh, I like to go on runs and, and clear my head and, and it gives me time to, to, to really, to really clear my mind and focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of my best ideas occur on a run. Some of my great epiphanies, something that's, that's, that's really, you know, bothering me, frustrating me. I run faster. And when you're focusing your mind left, right, left, right, really, really being really myopic about this, getting your mind on running one foot left, one foot right. It, interestingly enough, puts you in a space where 
you've 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 centered yourself you've completely cleaned out your mental space just to do this one thing of putting one foot in front of the other and now that you've cleared you have a clean slate you have a clean whiteboard to sort of draw whatever thoughts you may have write down whatever thing everything that may be in the back of your head you can apply that to this this clean whiteboard now and you can assess it with with clean eyes so so running's always been uh, a huge tool for me definitely so one thing that I do, not that you asked, but perhaps you would like to know. I would definitely. Uh, a, a couple things I do actually. Um, one can be described in a recent video that I, funny enough, saw from Simon Sinek, and he talks about uh, it being okay, not just okay, but it being a good thing to to profess your. Not humility, uh, your na- naivety. That's a weird, that's a hard word to say. Uh, your naivety for whatever topic you're talking about, despite how big and great the group might be. And he gave, he gave a, a real, in a nutshell example. He was in a, a conference room with like SVPs and the CEO and da 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 da. And this, uh, they had, they had hired him. Um, I, I don't know. I guess he was observing something. Anyway, this, uh, this lady had come in and she was explaining something with a bunch of technical jargon and they were about to spend like $5 million on this program or whatever. And, um, Simon was in the room. He's like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't understand anything that this lady just said. And <laughs> one by one, all of the, quote, bigwigs nodded their head and said, we don't either. We don't either. Or it's like, I, I don't either. I don't even know half the words in this folder. And he said that they were about to spend $5 million on something that not only they, they didn't understand, but they probably wouldn't have used just because they perhaps were too proud to speak up. Mm-hmm. And so that is something I always try to keep in my mind. In an appropriate way, it is okay to ask questions. And sometimes you might be the voice of everybody in the room, everybody else in the room, other than the person that is, you know, trying to explain. So that's one thing I always try to keep in mind is there are more likely than not people that are on your level mentally that um, they just, you know, for whatever reason, they're embarrassed to admit and you can do everybody a favor by being that person to fall on their sword, so to speak, and ask the question. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, because it's, it's really is the way you illustrate it. It's very true. It's, it's a mental hurdle. You know, you're worried. You don't, you don't want to look like the silliest guy in the room. You don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to make it seem like, you know, you don't know what other people are talking about, but it's, it's really having the humility to say, I don't understand and I'd like to be educated <laughs> that way in this instance, your example, so we can make the right decision. So we know what we're actually spending $5 million on, you know, whatever it may be. Um, really having the humility to say, you know, in whatever aspect it may be, I don't understand. And can someone please explain that is, that is so powerful just, just to even overcome that. Most people have to overcome it to overcome that is so incredibly valuable. 
It really is. And the, the younger you can learn it, the better your life, not the better is a subjective word, the more enriched your life will be. Uh, yeah. personally and professionally. Um, the other thing that I do is uh, I try, if, if, if I'm feeling intimidated by someone or a title or something like that, sometimes I'll try to find a, a personal common ground to relate to them about as opposed, you know, something outside of work or, hey, you know, I know we both like photography or you seem to really be into apple stuff and i have found that that really breaks down that mental barrier and once that's broken in your head you're free of it pretty much in every aspect because you've you've said okay actually i know that this person really does xyz or likes xyz they're not so big and scary you know anymore and you know, we're all just people. And and that's an important part. It, it goes back to, to, to what your show is about is that, you know, the humanistic aspect of everything there, there's, there is in everything that we do, there, there is, there's humanity in everything that we do. And this, the, again, like you said, the sooner you learn that, uh, the the longer you're going to live in this world, no, <laughs> no. But the sooner you learn that, uh, you, you gain a sense of of clarity and peace. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, dude, it has been awesome having you on the show. Uh, thank you for your vulnerability, and thank you for uh, sharing your your very insightful thoughts. Um, I'm glad that we have become friends and. I look forward to, uh, you know, talking to you more, whether it be over a podcast or just in uh, in private, whatever we decide. Um, but yeah, it's it's. it's I'll, I'll set the table for you for Thanksgiving dinner. Sounds good. I'll Hopefully be there. Hopefully, you'll show up on time. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I love it. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for your time. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. <laughs>